ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app from the Roofing Louisiana Studios. I'm Scott Prather. Joining me now is Glenn Gilbo. You guys know him. You've been reading him for many years, covers LSU and the Saints for the USA Today Network. Uh, Glenn, first of all, good morning, man. Thanks for making the time. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? We're good, man. We're good. Um, Going to ask you a little bit about the matchup uh, for LSU tomorrow against Arkansas, but uh, a lot of what I wanted to talk to you about is just what's kind of unfolded this week with uh, the USA Today report about some of the things we had already known about and some other new things regarding the nature surrounding LSU athletics and on the campus as it pertains to uh, domestic abuse charges, uh, sexual abuse charges, and some things that, that you know, other cover-ups. So that's a very, very short, condensed kind of title version of what we're digging into. I guess my first question, Glenn, is of, of anything that you learned um, that was new this week, did anything surprise you? Uh, you know, uh, I would say, uh, uh, you know, from the behavior of LSU, no, it, it didn't surprise me. Um, you know, the Grant Delpit and Jacob Phillips, uh, those were uh, exclusives and new to that story that they had sexual charges against them. Phillips rape and Delpit um, charged with uh, filming a woman he was having sex with without her knowledge. That was uh, not previously reported. Uh, so that, that surprised me a little bit. Um, but as I said in the column, you know, LSU's had a culture of cover-up uh, for years. A lot of these issues predate uh, Coach Orgeron, but he obviously could have done better uh, over the last few years. But no, it, it it was not that surprising to me, particularly when you saw the uh, you know the cover up efforts and the Darius Geis uh, story in August. You know, Glenn, with that, um, you you wrote in a, read, you've written a number of columns about it, and um, one of which was just about how. You know, it was kind of a team effort to uh, to kind of cover up a number of things. Uh, ultimately, when there's a failure at, at many different levels within the university, who do you think it ultimately falls on the most in terms of responsibility? Well, I would say the, the president and the athletic director, but both of those guys are very new to LSU. So, so that, that might be a good thing for LSU so they can – they can lead to, to change instead of uh, cover-up. You know, Thomas Galligan's been an interim president who's uh, used to run the law school. I think he'd be a great president. They, they, they ought to just hire him. And, and then uh, Scott Woodward is, has not been there two years yet, and uh, a lot, I, I, most of this predates him. Um, and, uh, you know, those, those two guys need to get together and decide how they're going to change uh, the culture, and that might mean some firings or some transfers or, or something. And, and, you know, not just in the athletic department, but in the Title IX office, uh, the LSU police seem to just do whatever the football team wants. Um, the Greek system has had issues for years at LSU. That, that's part of the story as well, a non-athlete fraternity member. So it's, it's clearly campus-wide. Lynn Gilbar, I guess, ESPN1420.com, at LSUBtweet on Twitter if you want to follow him there. As you wrote about yesterday, um, no consequences for Darius Geis while he was at LSU despite some uh, numerous reports. 
And um, but when it was somebody that perhaps wasn't a big name player, they got shown the door pretty quickly. Is that something that you've noticed over the years uh, at LSU? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I actually wrote that column in August. Um, I reprinted it, uh, re-socialized it because uh, when I wrote the column, we were keeping Peter Parrish's name out of the uh, story. We just made that decision editorially because he had been suspended and he had to leave town, and uh, we were uh, just didn't feel like we needed to uh, release his name. But the uh, USA Today story did release his name, and he he his his uh, I got the Title IX report on him from a public records request, and he it really looks like he raped a woman in that Title IX report, and and he was suspended immediately. Whereas Darius Geis had similar charges, and you know nothing ever happened to him according to Darius Geis's own representation. Um, you know, Drake Davis was was uh, kicked off the team. Probably should have been kicked off earlier, but at least he was finally kicked off the team. And uh, he was not – he was a big recruit, but he was not playing. You know, so it seems like LSU has one set of rules for its star players and another set, you know, for the guys that they see exp- as expendable. Player-wise, talent-wise, roster-wise, as opposed to accusations-wise. ESPN1420.com, Glenn Gilbo, our guest. What, what, in terms of the current team um, and the season that they're having, how much do you think this is being discussed? How much is it a part of, I don't know, uh, the culture currently? You know, what kind of impact do you think it's having on the team right now? I don't think this is having any impact on the team. And, you know, none of the players listed in the USA Today story are, are on the team. Um, and, uh, you know, now that obviously some of the players and coaches uh, know about what happened, but no, I don't, I don't think it's affecting this team. Speaking of this team, Glenn, it, uh, it's been a rough season on the field, uh, off the field as well. They're playing an Arkansas team that I think before the season, many would just pencil in as, okay, well, this is a win. Uh, now they're going into Fayetteville. Arkansas has – more wins than they do. Uh, granted, they've played a couple more games. I get that. But uh, LSU, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. What do you think unfolds tomorrow in Fayetteville? Yeah, I think that pencil has switched hands. I mean, I, I think Arkansas people and Ole Miss people are looking at LSU and penciling in a win for their side. Um, but, uh, you know, LSU really needs to win this game uh, just to kind of change the, the narrative of this season. Coach O definitely needs a win. You know, I mean, there's already, uh, you know, some emotional talk about how he's in trouble over just all the, the combination of things going on. I mean, there, there's a chance he could finish two and whatever, you know. Um, those type seasons, you usually don't survive very long, Um so he, he, he badly needs uh, a couple of wins here to, to end the season. Uh, you know, he got blown out by an average Auburn team. Uh, if he gets blown out at Arkansas, it, it could be a wild end of the year here. So, you know, when you're coming off of a, a, a season like they had last year, undefeated national champion, breaking, breaking tons of records, and you're having the season you are right now, 
what who who in your mind on that coaching staff, whether it be Bo Pelini or someone else, who do you feel like their job is is on the line here the last couple of weeks of the season? Well, I think Bo Pelini's job has been on the line since the season opener, um, and uh, he showed a little improvement against South Carolina. You know, he's really got to show some market improvement to keep his job. Um, and uh, you know, the, uh, the the two offensive coaches, Ensminger and Scott Linehan, you know, they haven't done too well of late, particularly the Auburn game. So, uh, you know, there's 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 probably going to be several changes on the on the assistant coaching staff, I would think, and and some of that may even be involved with uh, the USA Today story. Uh, uh, you know, Mickey Joseph um, named in that. So, um, you know, if, if uh, Coach Orgeron can survive, he's definitely going to need to make some uh, some staff changes, and I think he was he's been considering that even if they had a. Uh, you know, a decent finish to the season. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. It's interesting, man. It's um, you know, coming off of last year, this year has been the polar opposite for LSU. I know it's an odd year with with COVID and everything else, but uh, the headlines right now really rough for this LSU football team. Glenn, um, at, at what point do you see this this program getting back close to maybe not what you saw last year, but what I think the fan base has typically been accustomed to over the years in that, okay, you're, you're usually a top 20 team competing in the SEC. Well, you know, they've recruited so well uh, the past few years and, and, and this year, I would think it wouldn't take that long. Um, but it, it has been like a curse, uh, like they made a deal with the devil last year. But, you know, most of the problems with, with LSU has nothing to do with with COVID or with the players they lost last year, you know, that would be a good, ex- the, the, the roster turnover would be a good excuse for losing to somebody like Alabama, but you had more players than Mississippi state. You had more players and more talent than Missouri. You had as much or more talent than Auburn. And, you know, you lost all three of those games. So that, that's no excuse. Um, so, you know, the Coach O needs to take a long look at uh, how he approached this season and at some of his staff uh, members uh, and to, to get more out of the talent he has. I mean, it's still a talented team, you know, and, and they've gotten very little out of it. Uh, but they still have a lot of talent, so they should be able to get back to, to uh, being a, a very good team next year, I would think. Glenn Gilbo has been our guest. Final question, Glenn. I appreciate you taking the time this morning with the – team struggling as they are on the field and this year the fact that bowl season is not your typical bowl game where you go and you have a week at a you know in a city and do all these it'll be more just kind of like a road game you know you fly somewhere you play a game and and more of these games might be canceled between now and when they're supposed to take place uh the fact that any team is bowl eligible this year would lsu actually perhaps play in a bowl game this year do you think when when this sucker's done, they're just they're closing up shop until twenty twenty one. Boy, I don't know, man. That they don't seem like they would. You know, they might be better off not going to a bowl. But when you go to a bowl, you get those extra practices. So that might be the motivation to uh, to go to a bowl if uh, you know if they can win a couple of games here at the end and not 
looking bear have an embarrassing record, you know, going into the into the bowl. Uh, boy, it'd be fun to see like Cajuns, but you know they they're they're not worthy of playing the Cajuns this this season. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I I could see where Coach O would would want to go to a bowl for the for the bowl practices if nothing else. Glenn Gilbo has been our guest, ESPN1420.com, at LSU Beat Tweet on Twitter. He's got a lot of good stuff. I've been covering the LSU story quite a bit, uh, everything coming off of the field uh, after that USA Today article dropped earlier this week by Nancy Armour and others. Glenn, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, safe travels to Fayetteville, and uh, we'll be talking to you again in the future. Okay. Thank you.